I was a quiet kind of fella. Romans 8.3. This is a scripture that I know by heart as my wife was talking about. And I'm going to just expound for a little bit until he gets here. Because this is a scripture that I ran into when I wasn't very learned in scripture. I was just reading through it. Do you have it, Romans 8.3? I've mentioned before, when I was in the rehab home, I was there 26 and a half months. I read the Bible through twice, two and a half times during that course of that time. It says, for what the law was powerless or could not do, in that it was weak to the flesh or to the sinful nature, the NIV says, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. In what the law could not do, being weak to the flesh, God did in sending his only son by condemning sin in the flesh. Father, I pray you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Greet your neighbor. Tell him you're at the right, at the right place at the right time with the right two preachers. Hallelujah. Uh, praise God. You may be seated. You know, I was going to share right now if I had to. I have a sermon that I preached the other day that I don't need really notes to too much. But I want to deal with this. Because last time I was going to share my testimony. I didn't get a chance to. So I'm going to do that right now until James comes. Amen. When I read this verse, as I mentioned earlier, I was reading the Bible through. And I was just there in the men's home. Had the time. When I got to the scripture, it really jumped out at me and hit me upside the head. And I said, wow, this is me. Now, again, I wasn't learned in the Word of God. There was no Vassam at that time. I was just brand new. That's why you got to get grounded in the Word of God. Understand. But I didn't know what the Word of God said here. So when I read this, when it said, in what the law could not do, being weak to the flesh, God sent his only son to condemn sin in the flesh. Uh, and what the law was powerless to do. When I read that scripture, again, you got to understand me. I, I don't understand nothing about the things of God. I'm fresh. I'm brand new. And when I read around onto that scripture and what the law could not do, I took that as the police officers. That's what we call them out on the streets. Hey, here comes the law. I thought that's what it meant. I didn't know it was talking about Moses and the Old Testament. That's what it's talking about. Now, I, since then, I have graduated from Bible school. Uh, I've taken on all types of awesome courses. I even teach a lot of them. Uh, and all this, now I have, I'm, I'm a little bit more learned. Now I know that it was talking about Moses uh, and, and, and the law being powerless. The Old Testament scriptures. The Old Testament, all it did was tell you and show you how weak you were. That's what the law did. I'm talking about the, the Bible now. All the Bible did in the Old Testament was show you how terrible you were. The Bible says it was a schoolmaster. It taught you, you're no good. You're this, that, and the other. It has 613 laws, rituals, and ordinances in the Old Testament. That's why the Bible's talking about here. Paul's saying, but in the New Testament, God sending his only son, brought in, ushered in grace, ushered in his power, ushered in the strength. And what the law couldn't do, only show you how bad you are. We've said it before. The word of God says in the book of James, the Bible is like a mirror. It's like a mirror. Now, how many of you get up in the morning and just take off? Nobody. Uh, we're living in a society over here that they check you out. Uh, Armani. Uh, even if you're a baby, Oshkosh, me gosh. 
I mean, I mean, you start young, real, as a little baby, they start you off. You know, hey, man, how do you cry? I cry with Oshkosh, you know. So our society, you got to get up in the morning and you got to check yourself out. Ah, mirror, look at you. Well, the Bible says this is like a mirror. It shows you what you need to work on. That's what the book of James says. When you come to church, the word of God is being preached to you, you see what you need working on. Uh, you see if your hair's out of place. And if it is, we have altar calls where you can come and comb your hair. Or brush your teeth. Uh, or do something with it. Hallelujah. Shave your hair, hallelujah, maybe for some of you. Uh, just to shave that stuff. Uh, but it shows us, it's a mirror. Oh my God, my hair's out of place. Oh, I, I need a little bit more makeup over here. Give me some lipstick. It better be the guys talking too. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I, I, need, I need a little change over here. Uh, that's what the law was. But I thought when I read the scripture, the law was the man, the cops. Uh, and I said to myself, that's right. I haven't used drugs in so many months now. Wow. And what the law couldn't do because it was weak, weak to the flesh, God did by his son, Jesus Christ. He changed my life. Jesus changed my life. The law, those of you that went to the banquet, you saw the law. Uh, that individual. And I want to bring him up here, Robert. He's been a Christian now for a month, a year and a half. And I would like to bring him up here. I'm gonna, I just talked to him the other day. And he, was, he called me. He says, I was in Washington, D.C. I couldn't make it on time, my, my flight, so I couldn't make it to the banquet. He says, but I'd like to come, so I'd like to bring him up here sometime. But you saw in the, the video there where he had arrested me, sort of. He had me handcuffed. Uh, I was on my way back to the penitentiary. Right there on 13th Street, if any of you know where that's at. Uh, and that, then that place there, man, it, it's like, I knew, I knew all the hideouts. My sister was with me in my office the other day, and she saw a picture of me. She goes, oh, I remember that day. That's when you were jumping from fence to fence. And I was. I was jumping from fence to I knew all the fences. I knew all the nooks and crannies in the neighborhood. And I just happened to go by her house in order to get uptown because I had warrants. I didn't want nobody to see me. And if you've ever seen that picture there with my little nephew on my knees, I was just going through there. And she was taking pictures. I said, well, I'll take my picture. But I'll see you later. Beep, beep, I'm gone. Uh, do it quick before the cops come by, you know. Uh, but in that video, he happened to have caught me. And, and I didn't know how he caught me because it was hard to catch. Uh, but when I saw him, I didn't run because I knew him. Any other cop, I would have run. Uh, but, and I had priors for running because I could run. I was a track star sort of kind of guy, you know. And uh, uh, some of the cops wouldn't even chase me. But when I saw Robert, I froze. I just said, oh, man, he got me. Uh, and he talked to me, and he had me. And uh, like I said, I was on my way back to the penitentiary. He handcuffed me. And then he started to cry. I mean, you know, if it would have been other cops, I would have tried to calm, would have tried. But with him, you know, we grew up together. We played ball together. We did all kinds of stuff together. We were in the Boy Scouts together. And I, I just, you know, I just said, okay. And then all of a sudden, he just starts crying. I don't forget this. And you've seen him. He's like six foot three, uh, 300 and something. Uh, big old guy. Remember when you first saw him, Esteban? When you were just a little kid, Esteban used to love police officers. And we were eating uptown in Santa Paula, and, and, and he was there. Robert's always been very, very close to me. And we were eating, and I come out, and he's got his full uniform. Now he's the chief of police in Santa Paula. Uh, at that time, he was just like, you know, a lieutenant or what have you. And Esteban saw him. Esteban was all like, oh. I looked at Esteban, and I could tell he was fascinated. Uh, and he was like, dad knows a cop. 
wow. So everyone's like, he was just like, you know, shaking his hand. You know? <laughs> uh, and I said, Mijo, this is my friend, blah, blah, blah. Um, so he's like a macho kind of a guy. But he starts crying, weeping. And he says, you know what? I don't know why I'm doing this. Later on, he found out why. Uh, a year and a half ago, he knew why. I don't know why I'm doing this, but he's, and he took the handcuffs off and he said, get out of here. Get out of here or I'm going to, and you saw the video. Uh, I'm going to whip the boop, boop, boop out of you if you, I'm gone. Uh, I'm gone. But it was about two weeks later when Lydia Taylor, the other lady that you saw in the video, prayed for me. My dad didn't know what to do with me. He'd had it up to here, and he was a Christian. And then he pulled her over. He was watering the grass there in Santa Paula, California. And Lydia drives by, and he says, Lydia, Lydia, I don't know what to do with my son. And she tells him, listen, Tony. She tells him, there's no, he, he told her, there's no hope for him. And she tells him, and you saw it in the video, what do you mean, Tony? Did Jesus die? He's not around no more? No, he is. Well, then let's pray. And some of you have heard my testimony. They held hands, her and my dad. And my mother and I were upstairs, and I thought my mother was going to go beat her up. Because some of you saw my mother here this past week, too. She, she, can, she could sling them in their days, you know. Uh, and, but we were there, there, no, 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 just let them. And they were praying. And I, I thought it was going to be like, Pastor Sonny has a similar testimony like mine. Well, like when Nikki Cruz prayed for him. Well, when Lydia prayed for me, I thought it was going to be a big prayer like, you know, our Father, omnipotent, holy Jesus, that art not hither, but I thought it was going to be a big prayer. But we call her the Holy Ghost Lady. I'll never forget her prayer. She says, Jesus, you saw Steve. He's a bag of bones. In the name of Jesus, get him. Amen. That's it. That was her prayer. That was it. Prayer is powerful. Jesus, you, have, you saw Steve. He's a walking bag of bones. Get him. In Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. The next day, I snuck out real early from the house that we lived in, uh, drove to Los Angeles. I was looking for a drug program. And the only place that I could go to was a place called N NPP, Narcotic Prevention Project. That's where Mondo used to work. Uh, and Josie's dad was behind it many, many years ago when he was alive. Helped found, found things like this, programs like this. That's where I ended up. And man, there was a bunch of drug addicts. Because it was not a victory outreach. It, was, it wasn't a Christian place. Some Christians worked there. But it was a drug agency. And I don't know if you've ever worked in a drug agency. Man, the, I mean, I looked at all these guys and I said, ooh. You know, these guys are like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Hoom, 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 you know. I said, I know these kind of guys. Uh, well, you work in agency. You know what I'm talking about, Aniva, you know. But this is worse. This is East L.A. Wow. Josie knows. Uh, and I'm looking there. And, and then finally they find out that my dad's with me. Very few guys bring their fathers with them. Uh, here I am with a mustache and I bring my, my dad's with me, you know. And they find out he's a Christian. So they said, oh, oh, okay, sit down, sit down. They went and they got a man by the name of Sam Arazola who was a Christian with Victor Outreach. And Sam, I remember he comes in and they, you know, they find out, well, maybe this guy can, you know, maybe, maybe this will work for him. Victor Outreach program. So they came and I remember Sam walking in. You know, he says, how you doing? God bless you. My name is Sam Arazola. And I'm looking at him. I said, this guy don't look like a dope fiend. He was very healthy. You know? And I'm looking at him, really, you know? 
and uh, you know, checking this guy out. Is he really a drug addict? Or who was this guy? And he starts talking to me. Now, this is the way God works. I had heard of his name before. In Santa Paula, far, about 100 miles north of, of L.A., I had heard his name. Because somebody that I was running with, he had put them in the home as well. So every time, in, I had a homeboy named Johnny Arizola. So whenever I mentioned Johnny Arizola, this other person would say, did you say Sam Arizola? And I said, no, I'm talking about Johnny Arizola. And they go, oh, so his name kept, you know, I knew the name, Sam Arzola. And I, how, you know the way God works. Uh, has a way of doing stuff. And so I said, my God, this is the dude I heard about. But I didn't tell him. I didn't want him to know that he was well known. Uh, he worked at the courthouses. Just like Anthony's name. I'll tell you, Anthony Sanchez, they know that name. Where are you at, Anthony? There he is in the back. They know your name in Santa Rita, bro. I know what I'm telling you. Uh, yes, they do. They, and my name, probably they know it too. Hallelujah. Uh, because these guys, and so I'd heard about his name because he was, he was an agent for God. Uh, but he was no secret agent like some of us. Uh, he was a real agent, out front agent. And then he talks to me for an hour and a half. Because he sort of knew like he had me, you know what I mean? See, God was my last hope. Can you imagine we come to God, he's the last thing we're going to try. And he still takes us. We've tried everything. If that's not the love of God, what is I mean, we burn all our bridges, and finally, maybe I'll go to Victory Outreach. <laughs> like if God deserves us or something, you know what I mean? Like, wow, you know, hey, God, you got me, man. You know, I'm here, you know. He was our last resort. But yet he still looks at it like if we were his first choice. That's the way God is. Uh, and so he talked to me for an hour and a half, and I, I couldn't really understand nothing. And then he did this, because God knows how to get you. He told me, okay, you don't want to go into that program. I said, no, 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 because it was a God program. God, hijo. I'd rather group, you know, product of your environment. And, you know, this group, man, posted and all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, 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 but I didn't like that either. I grouped when I was in prison. I grouped, you know, my God. Uh, but anyways, there was no other program open in all of Los Angeles County. there at MPP than Victory Outreach. So finally he says this. He says, okay, listen, go to the home for five days. People, learn how to witness. Learn how to do things. Use wisdom. That's what he did with me. He says, go to the home in five days. He says, and I will personally, he says, I know every drug program in Los Angeles and in L.A. County. I'll put you in any program you want to go to. I want to be very truthful and honest right now. Close your ears, honey. And I said, co-ed? <laughs> call it one yeah, anyone you want to just go there for five days and I said five days I can hang I could do that five days I'll do it and then my dad I remember my dad intervened he says listen Steve he says if, if you don't go I'm going to leave you here I'm going to leave you here and I had ten dollars in my pocket how many know that ten dollars for a dope fee that's like <laughs> you, can, you can conquer the world you know and the world's only about two minutes long. <laughs> uh, that's all it's going to take in two minutes. is gone. But I had $10. And I saw all them dudes. I said, I'm going to find me one of these guys. They're going to, you know. Uh -uh. But I said, you know what? My dad said, I'm going to leave you here. They're looking for you up in, 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 in Santa Paula. You got warrants out for your arrest. I had all kinds of warrants. And some of you have heard my testimony. We'd broken into a sheriff's house and took all of his guns. And we had a sheriff's daughter with us. 
Uh, plus, I had all kinds of dirty tests that I had given to my probation officer. You know, and I'm saying, wow. Uh, so I said, you know what? I'll go to that place. So I remember, he, he didn't take me. Somebody else took me. Some, somebody else was going to go to another program, to a co-ed program. They were going to drop him off, but they were going to drop me off first because Victoria was closer. And I remember getting in the car in the back seat, driving through Los Angeles. And again, if you've ever been to Ventura County, the biggest thing, they had just built a 13-story trade center. Uh, the 13-story, that was the biggest thing. Up to that time, nothing, nothing bigger than two, three stories in Ventura County. All of it. So, if, man, the biggest thing that I knew was avocado trees. That was, that was big for me. Now, I'm going through Los Angeles with 80-story buildings, 70-story buildings, 90-story. Man, I, I, I was in the backseat. I had to close my eyes because I was getting dizzy. If you're from the country like me, can make those that like, oh, my God. Um, remember when Mary Jane went to, to, she had to cross the bridge. She was from Modesto uh, and Bakersfield. When she had to cross the bridge to go to, to, go to Bakersfield, she did the same thing. She goes, oh, my God, we're going to wreck. Oh, my God. Because everything's so big. I was spinning. Then finally, they, boop, they, they parked. They said, we're here. Okay. They just let me off. The guy didn't even take me up the stairs. He said, there it is. Go. Joseph, you remember that place? Oh, what a... I still think of it today. I mean, no burglar could ever break into that place. Because every step... And look at the car. He says, go, go, go. They're in there. They're in there. You know? David Wilkerson used to pay rent. $250 a month for that place. Three-story building for Pastor Sonny. He did it for many, many years. Okay? And I walk into that place. And man, I was scared. Like, ooh. And then I walk in, and the first guy I meet was a guy who was barefoot. And he goes, God bless you. And I go, what for? You know, I was real, real skeptical. What do you mean? He goes, oh, no, 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 you know, God bless you. Okay, come in and sit down. And then what are the garavitos? You know, I didn't know what was happening. He wasn't even a staff member, but he was there. We got it together. We got it going on now, guys. He took my intake. He wasn't even, he had just gotten there himself a few days before. But he'd been there before. Remember the garavitos? And he's there talking to me. And, okay, where are you from? You know, okay. And, and back in the other place, NPP, the other drug agency, they had asked me, are you on probation or parole? And I don't know. See, I said, yeah. I could have said no. They didn't know. Do you want us to call them? No. <laughs> but, but now you told us we got to call him. I said, well, okay. So when they're filling out the form, I told him I was there. So I'm, I'm there. There's, now there's other guys filling out a form for victory outreach. Mm. Then I, I finish it. And he says, okay, just go ahead and make yourself at home right here. And the guys will be back. The guys didn't come back all day. Ugh. I was just there with these other two guys and the barefoot guy. You know? Man, and then they come back later and they, they tell me, oh, see that guy? He's been in the home nine months. I thought I was watching a mummy or something. I go, nine months? What do they do in this place? Nine months. I'll never forget in the way he walked. And I said, wow. Ah, oh, she hooked. Then that night they went to a revival. So revival, what is that? Oh, they're in a revival over in, uh, 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 in, in uh, Pico Rivera. 
Whoever that is, Louis, hallelujah. Uh, and that night, this, this guy stayed home to watch me. Raul Marcus, please pray for him. Jab from Clover, the original one, was two. And I remember when I was there, and there was two guys staying back besides, besides him. And I remember coming down, and there was a television in the home. I don't recommend that. We don't have no more, no more televisions now. But at that time, they had a TV. And you know one of those that you have to be the antenna? Uh, so every now and then, KRLA would come on. I don't know if you're from Southern California, but KRLA, it got it going on. Um, and you could hear it sometimes. And I'd, and I'd start hearing it, you know, all the, you know, here's my story, it's sad but true. And I'd be listening, oh my God, yeah, 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 you know. But then they'd go back to the TV, you know. And then I was watching boxing. I remember we were going to watch boxing. I'm into boxing, I love boxing. And that night, one of my favorite boxers, Oscar Shaga Navarro, was going to fight. And I'm all, you know, all right. I'm, I forget about that. I'm hurting in my leas and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm looking at the fight, trying to, you know. Then the guy that was watching me, Jeff from Clover, comes walking down from the third floor, walks down, and he walks right by me. He goes to the television. And then he looked at me again. I remember that. But he saw me. If you heard my testimony, you know, I was 128 and a half pounds. 128. That's, that's, the, that's the God truth. 128. Can you imagine on this frame? 128 pounds? Try to imagine, please. <laughs> so he probably figures, nah, I can take this guy. Might be a youngster, but I can handle him. And he changes the TV. <laughs> then he says, tonight we're going to watch Billy Graham. I said, man, man. All right, all right. I'll never forget the sermon that night. I mean, God just engulfed me. God just, you know, I started really getting into it. Big John Hall singing. And I'm bringing in the sheaves. I was like, forget KRLA. I was like, wow, hey, pretty good. I like it, man, you know. Uh, holy, holy. I was, I was into it. I think if he would have changed it, I think I would have jumped him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really got into it. Billy Graham gives me the pulpit. The just shall live by faith. I'll never forget the sermon. It, it got to me. And I said to myself, man, you know what? This is for real. This is, this is what can change my life. This is what I need. I don't need no drug program. I need this. What my father was always talking about. Christianity. What Lydia Taylor was always talking about. What Stella Bustillos was always talking about. What the Methodist people were always talking about. This is how a drug addict can change right here. I don't have to go any further. It's right here. And hope began to surface. Doesn't that happen to you? All of a sudden hope came into me. Once a drug addict was a drug addict, that's a lie. I can change. Ah, uh, then after that, the guy was checking me out. He, was going, he saw that I was really into it. Uh, but then it finished, the Billy Graham crusade. Then we went and we sat down on the table. Then all of a sudden he heard the noise. You always know the noise of the home, the, the men's home van coming home. That real expensive gas, you know, you know. And we had a small van in those days. It was like a, you know, a seven, eight passenger van with a lot of guys in it. A lot of guys in that thing, you know. All right, I ain't sitting in nobody's lap, eh? You better scoot over, you know. Uh, but we packed the place out. And so they all came in. I don't know, you know, he says, oh, then he said, praise the Lord, the men are home from the revival. And then he tells me, because he knew that God was dealing with me already. And then he knew that I hadn't talked to none of the men yet. 
So we're sitting at the table, and he says, watch this, watch this. And so the first guy that came by, he says, hey, Louie, how was church? It was Bonnaroo, eh? And I had been in prison with Louie. I, I knew who he was. It was Bonnaroo, I said. And then he says, hey, Joe, how was, how was church? It was out of sight. Those are the big terminologies back in the 60s. You know, Bonnaroo, out of sight. Ah. Uh, then, then the other guy, hey, 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 Larry, how was church? I said to myself, they went to a bar. They had to. I know, look at these guys. It was Bonnaroo out of sight. Oh, my God. Church? I said, man, no. I wasn't. How could that be? Uh, but God began to deal with me. That was on a Thursday night. Finally, on a Sunday night, they saw that I ate a taco. The guy saw I ate a taco. It was a Sunday night like this. And so when they saw that I ate a taco, they said, right, listen, I think you've kicked your habit. You only had a two-and-a-half-month run. Are you ready for church? Uh, and I said, well, mm, uh, yeah, I'll go. I ate a taco. I can, I can hang. So I, I did one of them, what I call drug addict get readies. Ready to go to church? I said, yeah. And I got in the van. Hey, and in those days, in those days, you didn't have to sit with a home. You could sit where you wanted. Thank God for rules and regulations. <laughs> now, you know. Uh, so I sat in the second to the last row uh, with that guy. He was sitting with me. He stayed with me. Jap, he stayed with me. Uh, then I, all I remember, I wasn't in the last row, second to the last row. That's the way God works things out. Then I remember the preacher got out there. He was the home director. I hadn't even seen him the whole five days. He was there, Butch. I didn't know that. But I knew he was a home director. He preaches. He's preaching. And, and Jesus Christ can change your life. Jesus Christ. And this guy, Wade, he was easy, easy. About three and a half of me. And I'm being lenient. Josie knows. Butch was a Christian. <laughs> uh, from San Antonio, Texas. So he had been a killer and murderer and all that stuff and got to change his life. And he was preaching and, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I don't remember a word he said too much. But at the end of the sermon, he goes, okay. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I said, nah, I can do what I want to, man. I'm free. There's America. None of the free home of the brave. And I was real brave until he looked at me. Then I went like that. Ooh, 400 and some pounds. No, 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 no. And he's my director. Uh, I want to eat tomorrow. You know, if I'm gonna, I, like, I want another taco, you know. So I just, then he said, okay, is there a hitter's body? He says, if you want Jesus, raise your hand. And I said, uh, nobody's going to want to raise their hand. I said that to myself, nobody. But I could hear him say, God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see, see that hand. And I said, no, people don't want Jesus. So I looked up to look if people were raising their hands and they were. I go, well, then he looked at me again. I went down again. I said, oh my God, this guy's catching me doing everything, cheating and all that, you know. Then he said this. See, God knows what he's doing. He said, there's some of you here, you need Jesus, but you don't want to admit it. And you don't want to raise your hand because you got too much pride. I said, somebody in that home told him I was here. <laughs> somebody told him. One of them, I'm going to find out who it is, and I'm going to put a jacket on the dude. Eh? They told him I'm here. 
says, you don't want to raise your hand because you got too much pride. Then he said this, but you can use a little bit of prayer. And I began to have an audience with myself. And I said, a little bit of prayer. He said, come on, if you can use a little bit of prayer, raise your hand. And I said, well, a little bit. How much is a little bit? I said, a little bit. So I went like this. And I'm not kidding you. That's what I, I went. Fast. Then he said, everybody that raised their hands, stand up. And I said, uh-uh, not me, man. God. Sheesh. This guy's too much. He wants a hand. He wants to stand. And pretty soon he's going to want blood. No. No. I started saying, man, you know, come on, God. Give me a break. Then I felt a little tapping. Remember, I was in the second to the last row. But I felt a tap. I wouldn't turn around because I'm, I'm a cool guy. And I said, well, maybe it was just an accident. <laughs> I really did. Maybe it was just an accident. Then I felt it again. Two accidents. <laughs> then I felt it the third time, again. But this time it came with a voice. Brother. And right away I began to assess, I ain't got no family here. I know where my sister's at. I know where my brothers are at. No, no, no. Brother. There came again. Brother. What? Talk about talking out of the side of your neck. What? He says, I saw you. I mean, I'm fighting it till the end. You saw me what? I mean, I had to make sure that he's, you know, I had to make sure. He says, I saw you when you raised your hand real quick. I said, oh. oh. And then he said these words. Come on, you want Jesus. Come on, stand up, go up there, go to the front. Now, again. I've shared my testimony throughout the years, 27 and a half years, but about five years ago, I came to this realization. The, five, the guys that used to sit in the back row were not very spiritual in Sunday's church. Why do you think they sat in the last row? <laughs> I'm not knocking the last row. But at that time, they, they weren't. They, were, they used to come in and sit down right away. Big Ralph and Piruski and, and uh, Fernando and all these different guys that they hung out. That, you couldn't get a chair. They, that was their chair. And it was Big Ralph. You ain't going to take it from Big Ralph. Uh, he was a big connection. He said, no, no, all right, you got your chair, Ralph, you know. So I believe it could be. The Bible says God will send angels as ministering spirits to them that are going to be heirs of salvation. And I thought about the mercy of God because I know my life. My life was, was, was tragic, was terrible. I was a proud guy. Pride comes before destruction. I deserve to go to hell. I know about the love of God. I don't deserve to be your pastor. I don't deserve to be here. It had to have been an angel probably. Maybe it was one of those guys, but it was probably an angel. The love of God just, just going after me. Come on, Steve, come on. Rooting for me. Come on. This is it. So I got up. And I remember, a lot of you know how those walks are to the altar. Like, ta na 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 ta na 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 
And it was like, you know, the longest yard or the longest mile, you know, like, and I got there. There was a lot of people. And I remember, you know, I, if you ever talk to Philip LaCroom, he'll tell you, I had a beanie for a year and a half. I don't recommend that. But I kept my beanie back, back in those days. The rules weren't all that stringent yet. And I used to carry it right here in my back pocket. And I had my, my sandals with my CDC blue. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys CDC blue? I had my blue socks that I talk about that I threw in the, in the, in the, in the garbage later on. The old man barrel. But I had my blue, you know, state-issued socks. And my pants that would stand up by themselves. You guys, you know, this, you might laugh, but that's, they would almost stand up by themselves. Uh, and I knelt down the altar. I remember, like, like if I was at the pool hall. Like, like, okay, God. Hey, here I am. But then I said that prayer. I've always tried to be one that is real. We all have our, you know, wax kind of areas, but I don't like to be like that. Bible says sincere means without wax. I like to be sincere. God knows that. And I knew I was going to go back to the penitentiary. There was no way getting around it. But I said, God, I don't like to play games. Everybody knew I was a heroin addict, and I didn't care. That was my life. If they didn't like it, sorry. But if I'm going to be a Christian, this is it. And I know I got to go back to that penitentiary. At that time, 28 years ago almost, very few drug addicts, especially of our caliber, were Christians. And I knew if I go back to the pen, I'm going to, if I'm going to make, do this, I'm going to do this. And I said, Jesus, come into my heart. Then I'll never forget, Patsy Garcia's brother came up to me, seven, no, Angel Veloz. What a name. Angel Veloz. I'll never forget him. He comes and he says, oh, you made a great decision, young man. People back in your neighborhood are going to know about you. He said, oh, my God, that's the last thing I want. <laughs> but that's what he said. Oh, they're going to, and you're going to make, you can change, and God can use you. And, you know, I'll never forget that, Angel Veloz. I still pray for Angel. Uh, and then I got up. Something happened. You know, that thananana was gone. I was like, I started shaking everybody's hand. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, and this is, a, I'll never forget, somebody said, what for? I said, don't use that one. I already used it. Don't work. <laughs> don't worry. God's going to bless you. I was just like, the lights went on. I was all happy. I was like, you know, wow. Huh? It, was, it was just great. Then I had to go back to court. And I said, oh, reality bites. It hit me. And they called me and says, okay, Penny, remember you're supposed to turn yourself in in 10 days. Because my parole officer called the home. And he says, turn yourself in in 10 days. 10 days later, that's when I go. That's when I talked about this morning. Remember when that guy came in, the Jehovah Witness guy? Early in the morning, that was the 10th day. I tried to witness to him. I didn't know what was happening. But I went to court. And they called my case. The state of California versus the great state of California versus Steve Pineda. And I just got up. The brother took me. Yeah, I'll never forget they came from everywhere. The sheriff's department was there. The Santa Paula police department was there. The marshals were there. The district attorney was there. The main guy was there because they knew I was coming. 
And they said, Your Honor, we need this man, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, and I'm in front of the judge like, wow. That was a misdemeanor. Come on, man. You know. And they were all like, Your Honor, this young man is blah, blah, blah. You know, and then the, the judge said, Is there a representative from, we're here from Victory Outreach, Your Honor. And my name is Ruben Pacheco, and I will, we would like the opportunity to continue to work with this young man. He's been in our program for 10 days. And then he sat down. I said, get back up. <laughs> come on, hey, man, come on. Hey, I did this. He just sat down. But there's power in those words. Anthony, when you go to court, there's power. This man has been in our home for 10 days. And we would appreciate the opportunity to continue to work with him. Because nobody had ever wanted to work with me. That's powerful. We want to work with you. So the judge goes, second call. Sit down. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Don't sit down over there. Sit over here. I couldn't go back to the free seats. I had to sit over here. Uh, in the front, I'm like that. And my, prob my probation officer sits next to me. Matter of fact, it was the head of the probation. It wasn't my probation officer. He sent the main man. And he's sitting next to me. Okay. And I'm looking at him, Mr. Wingate. And then, uh, and he'd had me before. Now he was up. And I wait for about two minutes. The other cases are going on. Then he's, you know, he's just sitting next to me. And finally, I, I said these words. I go, Mr. Wingate, Jesus Christ changed my life. And I'm no longer the same person. I'm in Victory Outreach in Los Angeles, California. He bit his lip. <laughs> See, I was the first drug addict this probation officer ever worked with. About a year and a half before that, I showed him the ropes. Boy, did he pick a client. Did he pick somebody to show him the ropes. And I was good. I'm not going to lie to you. I was, you know, I was pretty good. I knew the game. I taught it to him. But now he heard everything. Jesus no, man, this guy's good. I never heard that one. Oh, that's, what he, that's why he beat us up. He's a man in jail. Jesus, Jesus. He was like, he wanted to laugh. That's why he had to bite his lip. Because he never heard that one. And then Jesus hadn't invaded Ventura County yet. Hallelujah. Oh, but he was on his way to invade Ventura County. <laughs> then I remember they called my name. The young man, is there, there's a representative, come on, he began to talk for me, and, and the judge says, you know what, I'm not, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remand him back to the custody of Victory Outreach. Never heard of the program, uh, but we know who this young man is, and if he's, if he's changing, you can have him, and we'll put him on, you know, the, I ended up lo losing one of the cases, okay, I pled guilty to one of the cases, I had all kinds. The day we went for sentencing, it was me and my sister. We went before the judge, Judge Soris. I had knocked him out of the bench many times. You can do that. I knew a few of my rights. I didn't like this guy. But here I am, Judge Soris is there. He, he had taken the place of another judge, so I got to knock them out. We went for a sentencing. Becky Delgado was praying for me, and some of the people were there. She was a court stenographer, but she was a Christian. She knew me very good. Me and Luis Samudio, my friend that I had been in prison with, he taken me to court, now my sister Emily, and we got together and we prayed, and... We went before the judge, and my, 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 daughter, my sister comes first. And they drop her case. And they let her, now, now she's in Victory Outreach, they let her stay in the women's home. Then they call me. 
you know, with a tie and looking all right, you know. And he says, Steve, and he knew me by my first name. He had every right to call me Steve. Uh, he says, and I asked, can I have what my sister had? He goes, mm -mm, no, no. <laughs> okay, you know. And then he, he says, listen, Steve, you have a, a bona fide under the influence. And at that time, the state of California had just come back, any under the influence, mandatory 90 days. Mandatory 90 days. Uh, not to speak of the violation that I had to go to prison for. Because when you, I had a special supervision, uh, probation. Uh, Five-year special supervision. I, if you break that, you're gone. I had broken it. So I can, it would be the 90 days and then to the pen. And so I said, I'll never forget, I said, I think that was my first sermon. He said, Steve, I got to do this. And I said, Your Honor, it had to have been my first sermon. I said, I ain't afraid to go to time. That's my thing. It's okay. But all I can tell you, Judge, is that Jesus Christ did change my life. I'm not playing any games. And you know the way I was. Was. And if you want me to go, it's okay. But I believe God wants me in that home. If you throw me in there, it's going to be like throwing me to the lions. I'm going to be very truthful with you, Judge. I don't know if I can hang with Jesus in there. I'm just telling you the truth. I think I'm pretty strong, but I don't know. And I might fall. I might not serve God. No wonder he let me go, sort of, huh? No, he didn't let me go. He did this. He goes, Steve, come on, Steve. It's mandatory. I got I to send you to 90 days. He says, but I'll do this. Yes, I was all yours. He says, I'll give you a 90-day stay of execution. You guys know what that is. But in 90 days, you, Steve, come on, if you're an honest person, you bring all your things and you turn yourself in in the back of the jail, 501 Poli Street, and come in and then you go to 90 days. Well, what else can I say? I'll take it. Fine. That's another 90 days. I'll be stronger. And if I have to go in there, I'll get stronger in 90 days in the home. I can do that. Then I'll never forget. I said, okay. Then I went up to the dude, guys that were in the jury box. That's what they were. They were they used to sit in the jury box with their orange and blues. And I remember I told him, I don't know who was there. And I said, you know what, guys? God fought for me today, and I'm not going to have to do no time. They go, what do you mean you have to? I said, I'm telling you, this is God. This was God. I'm going to take those 90 days. And in between 90 days, God's going to do something. 60 days went by. And we were going to go to camping in Yosemite. I wanted to go. And I kept waiting for a phone call, waiting for a phone call, nothing. Man, I, I had already made my plans. I want to go to Yosemite. But that was beyond the 90 days. Then around the 70th day, I get a phone call. They said, the district attorney wants to review your case. And they want to see you in five days in court. I'll be there. I remember I went. And the judge, sorry, says, he says, Steve, I don't know why I'm going to do this, but the district attorney has recommended this. We're going to drop your case to being in a place where narcotics are being used and put you on one-year summary probation. You know what that means? It means nothing. It means I didn't, it was, it was just like I was free. I started to take men back to that courtroom. I took Mousy from Sadikoy. He had escaped from jail. He'd been out for two years, was in the men's home. He was going to the penitentiary, he'd left. He, he changed, you know, he changed some stuff with some people and he escaped from the jail. 
And I took him back two years later. The day that they put me, five years later, five years later, okay, can you, can you, can you breathe for three more minutes? And then James is going to come and do a few songs. Five years have gone by. I'm taking people to court all the time. Two years into my sobriety, two years into being in Victory Outreach, the judge, Shah, would say, Steve, bring your case back, and I want to get you off probation. I want to get you off. I want to get you off. Special supervision. Actually, no judge. He said, why? I'm willing to do this. I've seen your testimony. I've seen your exampleship with these guys. You bring them in all the time. I'm willing to let you go. I said, no. Judge, I want to prove to my friends that somebody like me can go through five years special supervision probation and make it. On the fifth year I went, my wife was with me. It was a big thing. And I, that's the day that I chose to bring back the guy that was in our home for two years. He had escaped for two years before the judge. The judge, I come before him. Oh, Steve, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, judge. He says, you know what? The DA even came and says, Your Honor, we want two more years of probation on this case. The judge started to cry. He says, sit down. This is my court. You want, you want him two more years? This man has been a testimony. This man has been an example to all these guys. No. Case denied. And he started to cry. He said, Steve, nobody's ever done something like this. And, and I wanted to bring him back in three years, two years, and he refused. How dare you? He said, how dare you bring this before me? No. And I said, thank you, Your Honor. Then I sat down, and they said, now the case for Art Pilado. And I went up. Right, I, was, I put it right next to mine. And he said, Steve, what are you doing here? He said, well, this is my friend. He escaped from the county jail two years ago. We put him on the calendar today. And he was going back to the penitentiary, but he's doing great, judge. Let him go back. We used wisdom. Uh, you couldn't tell me no. <laughs> Art went on to be a pastor. I know about the power of God. And yes, James is here. He's going to come and sing in a few, a few minutes. But I felt like just keep doing that. Just keep doing this. Because somebody needed to hear this. You heard a lot today about the story of your pastor. That's where I come from. I don't share it a lot from the pulpit, but that's where I come from. I have a grateful heart. God forbid that I should ever, you know, be ungrateful for what he's done for me. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Just before James comes. I want to pray for those of you that you need the power of God in your life. I don't want no plane, nothing, zero. If you want me to pray for you and you want the power of God in your life, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you right now to slip out of your seat and come and stand at this altar. Let me pray for you.